Hi, I'm Gertrude Keesley, and this is Kingdom Consciousness. Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come, Matthews 24, 14. Before Jesus returns to set up his kingdom in its final form, the gospel of the kingdom must be extended throughout the nations of the world. In order to preach the gospel of the kingdom, we as kingdom citizens must understand the kingdom of God. Before we can become custodian to the keys of the kingdom, we must first experience kingdom living. In the past, much emphasis has been placed on the life and ministry of the king of the kingdom jesus christ and rightly so but not enough emphasis has been given to the gospel of the kingdom jesus told the religious leaders of his time ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men for ye neither go in yourselves neither suffer them that are entering to go in matthew 23 13. It was this gospel of the kingdom that was the central purpose of Christ's life. He began his earthly ministry by declaring the arrival of the kingdom. That's, you can find that in Matthew 4.17. He ended his earthly ministry by speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom, Acts 1 and 3. In between the beginning and ending of his earthly ministry, the emphasis was on the kingdom. Luke 4.43 says, And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore I am sent. The kingdom of God was the greatest concern of Jesus. His teachings and parables focused on the kingdom. His miracles were a demonstration of the kingdom of God in action. The phrases kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven are used over a hundred times in the books of Matthews, Mark, Luke, and John. We will explore the distinctions between these two. We are told to seek first the kingdom, to pray for it and to preach it. We are told how to enter the kingdom and taught that residency in it requires a new lifestyle. God is equipping his citizens to become kingdom minded so that we can understand the business of the kingdom. We are sons and daughters of the king. Everything about us is royalty, but we must first adopt the mind of Christ in order to understand what that actually means. We cannot have a poverty mindset and expect to grasp the reality of how much God desires for us to prosper. But there is a greater purpose than just understanding kingdom principles. Citizens must go beyond mere knowledge of the kingdom 
to actually experience it and make it the central purpose of our living. So I invite you to come and go with me as we explore this most exciting, interesting, and eye-opening subject. Kingdom Consciousness The Kingdom of God begins in you. That's what we're going to be talking about today and next week. Luke, the 17th chapter, the 20th through the 21st verse from the New King James Version says, Now when Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. In Mark, the first chapter, the 14th and 15th verses says, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now we know to repent means to change the way we think. It also means to turn away from sin and turn to face God, to face God. That means all your senses are now focused on God and heaven. The people had to repent because the kingdom of God had come to them and the king Jesus Christ was standing before them, but they could not perceive it. You are only conscious of what you focus on. Repenting is the beginning of becoming conscious of the King, Jesus Christ, and the kingdom of God. Jesus answered and said, unto him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's John 3, 3, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. To be born again means to be born from above. When a person hears the gospel message and believes God, then the Holy Spirit of God is joined to the spirit of the believer. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. That's 1 Corinthians 6, 17. The spiritual DNA of God is actually implanted into the believer. The believer now has a new spiritual nature which desires to walk with God in love and righteousness. Amen. It's always been God's desire 
that he would live inside of us and us inside of him in the most intimate relationship possible. The tabernacle in the old covenant actually represented this. So in the tabernacle, remember, there was an outer court, which actually represented our physical body. Inside that was the holy place, which represented our soul. And inside that was the holy of holies, the place where God dwelt, which represented our spirit. In the new covenant, we are God's tabernacle. You are spirit, soul, and body. Your body is the physical part of you. Your soul, listen, is your personality, your mind, and your emotions. Your soul is your heart that is spoken of in the Bible. Your soul processes processes information which you receive from your physical and spiritual senses. Your soul is the decision maker and it controls what you believe and what you are conscious of. Your physical body has influence on your soul through physical desires. Your spirit, which is connected to God, is conscious of God's thoughts and feelings. God speaks to you from inside your spirit. Did you get that? With God, we always have freedom and we have choice. That's why a person can have a great experience with God, become born again, and then distractions from the world could cause them to become unconscious of the presence of God in them. A person who is born again must learn to live from their spirit, not their soul and physical body. The soul still makes decisions, but we must learn to make decisions in obedience to God who is connected to our spirit, okay? We must learn to be spirit controlled, not controlled by our soul or physical body. When we are controlled by our soul or our physical body, we give up our will to do God's will. However, knowing God's love for you and because of your love for him, submitting to him brings great joy and peace and is a pleasure more than a sacrifice. Also, the rewards are far beyond our greatest dreams and continue for eternity. 1 Peter 2, 2 in the New Kings Version says, when you are born again, you are like a newborn baby spiritually. You now have God in your spirit and you are in him. But there is a maturing process. 
as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. We have to grow up, y'all. Your spirit, soul, and body have desires. Your physical desires, your physical desires are the desires of your body. And sometimes they're referred to as lust of the flesh. Your soul has desires for emotional pleasure and it wants to be honored. Pride comes from the soul along with other selfish desires. When pride is hurt, it can cause anger and other bad emotions in the mind and soul of a person. The desires that come from your spirit are God's desires. I'm going to repeat that. The desires that come from your spirit are God's desires. Through your spirit, you have access to the mind of Christ, which means you can access his thoughts, his feelings, and his will. Amen. Or you have become conscious of the spirit's leading. Yes. This is why we must learn to be led by the spirit. We must allow ourselves to be led by the spirit. The desires of the body and soul are not always bad, but they must be spirit controlled so that the kingdom of God can reign in our entire being. Galatians 6, 7, and 9 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Sowing means planting, like a farmer who plants seed in the ground. Sowing to the spirit means doing things that increase your consciousness of the kingdom of God and of the presence of God in you. When you feed your spirit, it becomes stronger and a bigger influence in your life. At the same time, your physical body and soul will be easier to control because they will have less influence. The spirit is growing. Your physical body's desires and your soul desires are decreasing. Reading and listening to God's word, listening to worship music, being with other believers, discussing the goodness of God, spending time focused on God, talking to him, listening to him. They're all good ways to sow to the spirit. Praying in the spirit or in tongues is a very important way to grow spiritually and expand the kingdom of God in you and around you. Love creates a place for God to occupy. When we love God, we also love his words. We keep his words and treasure them in our hearts because they are spirit and life to our entire being. 
as spirit, soul, and body. Jesus says in John 14, 21 through 23, he who has my commandments and keep them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Amen. The kingdom of God, we know, is the realm that is subject to the king. The kingdom of God begins in your spirit. And as you learn to keep God's words and walk in obedience to him, as you become more conscious of him, more alert to his presence, then the kingdom of God expands to include your soul and then your physical body. The law of obedience is who you obey and who you belong to. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? Romans 6, 16. When Jesus Christ is king of your life, then you will begin expanding the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. That's Romans 8. Jesus is our example of becoming a spirit-led person. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Luke 2 and 40. Mm. On earth, the kingdom of God comes into the lives of God's people. When asked by a bunch of the teachers of the law, where is this kingdom that you're talking about? Basically, Jesus said, you know what? The kingdom is inside you. The rule and reign of God begins in you. With you saying yes to God. Whenever you think God is speaking to you through his word, through a prompting of the spirit, through a circumstances, through a friend or whatever, whenever you believe God is speaking to you, let yes, God rise instinctively from your heart. Whenever you feel he is speaking to you, respond yes from your heart. 
God bless you. We will continue this on next week. Have a blessed week. Thank you.